Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Labs, as I was reading your practice report last night, one quote that jumped out for me right at the beginning from Tomlin is, he didn't want the guys to warm up to the work week. He wanted to see enthusiasm, urgency right away following the day off yesterday, or excuse me, the day off on Monday. Um, He said he saw that enthusiasm on padless practice on Sunday heading into the day off. Now you want to see them come out of a day off with that same exact level of urgency, and it looks like he got what he wished for. Yeah, and I really like the way he described it, too. We don't need to have the corporate Monday morning or the corporate <laughs> Friday afternoon because, um, you know, I think both of, both of us um, live that corporate Monday morning and corporate Friday afternoon, um, you know, somewhat regularly depending on the time of the year. But, uh, yeah, it was – I'll tell you what, the practice yesterday, um, it, it, it moves so quickly. Uh, you know, I'm usually thinking, oh, God, when's this going to be over? How many more periods are there? But uh, when they finally got the goal line, which was at the end, I thought – and they blew the horn, I thought, oh, is it over already? I mean, it was really entertaining. It was, you know, um, a lot of good action – uh, things moved along crisply. Um, you know, I, it, it, for the fans who were there, it was a really nice day. It wasn't very hot. Uh, as I said um, in yesterday, the last podcast we did, that was yesterday, yeah, I said that the uh, anticipated weather is going to be great for every uh, everybody except one guy <laughs> uh, who probably didn't like it that much. But um, it, was, it was just a very pleasant day, a lot of action. A lot of stuff happening, a lot of hitting, uh, and if you like offense, it was a day for the offense. Finally, it was a day for the offense. Yeah, well, let's start at the end here at the beginning of today's training camp report with that goal line period. Haven't seen much of it during camp. Tomlin you know, said he wanted to do some of these things. They did goal line, they did third and one drills, things that he wanted to do before they actually entered into a stadium, things that he felt were important to work out before an actual game happened, and the one thing that stood out with goal line labs was a lot of beef on the field, multiple tight end sets. You know, if you're someone out there that's curious, will the Steelers go jumbo when it's close in tight? Are they going to try to power the ball into the end zone? Well, your first glimpse of it during training camp practice yesterday makes you feel a little bit more confident in that. Yeah, there were a lot of different um, jumbo packages, I guess, for a lack of a better description. I mean, you know, the Steelers have – well, depending upon how you designate Connor Hayward as either a tight end or a fullback, um, they either have four tight ends, you know, or two fullbacks when Connor Hayward and Kendrick Green are both in there. Sure. Um, and um, you know, there were there were some power football played, but I I also liked you know there were a lot of little wrinkles uh, involved in it too. I mean, a lot of them worked, um, one of them didn't. 
Um, but still, I mean, they, they showed a lot of different things. And, um, you know, the one of the, I think, themes or uh, emphasis, points of emphasis of this training camp has been, you know, being better in the red zone. Yes. And um, so when the Steelers get down close to the, in the goal-to-go situations, uh, I think that with the different personnel groupings and the, and the uh, versatility of the players within those groupings, I think we're going to see a lot of different interesting things. I mean, you know, we saw uh, Connor Hayward uh, run the ball. We saw him throw the ball. Um, Kendrick Green was in the game just as a, you know, in, in, in the um, I formation. I mean, <laughs> wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was, he was blocking people. Najee was in there doing some power running. I mean, they had, you know, uh, Jalen Warren in. Uh, there was just a lot of different things. They, they threw some play action. Uh, Connor Hayward threw a pass. Uh, yeah, it was, it was very diversified. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of trick plays, especially in that area of the field. But I think that there's a difference between being diversified, you know, and trying to be tricky. And it seemed to me yesterday that it was more diversification than tricky because the plays weren't, you know, except for that one um, Connor Hayward uh, pass to Zach Gentry, um, there wasn't really anything that anybody did that you wouldn't expect them to be doing on a regular basis, either on other parts of the field or, you know, in games uh regularly and usually you know, you know trick plays you use them once in a blue moon so yeah i really liked what i saw from the offense and just to um run it down here a little bit you know the ball's on the one yard line and it's live tackling and from my memory anyway this is the first goal line drill in this training camp certainly padded live tackling so uh it's it was as i said it was very interesting and entertaining Started with um, three the three tight ends on the on the field again depending on what you how you would classify uh, Connor Hayward you had um, Connor Hayward Darnell Washington Zach Gentry I believe Pat Firemuth was on the field too it was kind of hard to get all the nu- uniform numbers because things were working really quick right um, but that, that that's the first play was just a hand the ball to Najee. Uh, the, the line came off the ball, and they just, you know, pushed it in the end zone. Then the next play had um, the the three the three tight ends for sure, Darnell Washington, Zach Gentry, and Pat Fryermuth, and they were in an I formation with uh, Kendrick Green in front of Jalen Warren. Okay, so this time it was a little play action and a flip to Jalen Warren, and that was an easy touchdown. Um, then they had this, uh, other play where a Friar Muth was on the, kind of on the wing. And when the ball was snapped, he came back towards the quarterback and Pickett handed him the ball. And it was like a little inside wing back, um, running play. Right. You, know, you see that in high school a lot of times, um, that, that got stuffed. Yeah, I think you see, I think you saw Connor Hayward have a big gain on that in a game earlier last year, a big third down yes. conversion on that same. Mm-hmm. And then um, another eye formation with uh, Kendrick Green as the fullback in the eye. Uh, this one was another handoff to um, Najee Harris over right tackle. That was a touchdown. And I think at this point it's time to just acknowledge uh, 
the, the offensive line that was on the field for all of the, those first team reps. And it was um, Dan Moore Jr. and Chooks Okorafor at tackle. Isaac Siamalu and um, James Daniels were the guards, and Mason Cole was the center. Um, then they did another one of those uh, instead of another handoff to Connor Hayward, but this time he came in motion, like kind of a, a poor man's jet sweep because <laughs> it wasn't exactly you know given to a speedster. Um, and then he was you know uh, dumped in the backfield, another stop for the defense. But then, um, you know, Mitch Trubisky was in at this point. Uh, they did. Then the next play was just a play action. Uh, Trubisky found Gentry kind of in the back of the end zone. Uh, that was a touchdown. And then the last play was the one I was describing earlier. It was very similar to the uh, one where, you know, Connor Hayward uh, came in motion and took the handoff and got stopped. This time he came in motion, he took the handoff. And he's running to the uh, right, and he threw the ball to Fryermuth for a touchdown. So, as I said, there was, you know, a lot of, well, different personnel groupings. I won't say a lot because it was pretty much, you know, a bunch of tight ends on the field. Uh, and uh, but they did a lot of different things with them. They put them in different spots within the formation a lot of different times. And as I said, it was a nice mix of runs, passes, uh, you know, misdirection kind of things. You know, I really liked what I saw. It was it was not predictable, uh, but it was not gadgetry either. And, uh, you know, I, that's a fine line to walk a lot of times, but I think they did a very nice job of walking it yesterday. Yeah, and you have to have a nice, healthy mix. I mean, if you're going to come out looking like the Navy midshipman at the goal line, just with all that beef up front, uh, defenses aren't stupid. I mean, I don't think they are. They're going to assume that you're going to run the ball most of the time. You have to have the wrinkles that you can play off of it, the play action, the passes to Gentry in the back of the end zone to kind of keep that defense on its heels, not to say, oh, here comes Kendrick Green and three tight ends. Well, I wonder what they're going to do. If you are that predictable, you're going to have poor red zone success again. Yeah, and, you know, uh, because there – but there are going to be times when uh, you have Kendrick Green and three tight ends and you just power it right, into the exactly. end zone. I mean, that's that's what that's about. I mean, and, you know, I, I think a lot about um, the Ravens you know, with Patrick Ricard. I mean, that they did that a lot with him. You know, you put him in the game. There, there's not a whole lot of different kind of things that they do with that. But, you know, you have a big back, a nice offensive line, and a 311-pound fullback. Um, you know, come on, stop it. You know, because the <laughs> other thing is, where, where, where's the play going to – where's the point of attack going to be? It's not necessarily – all the time right up the middle and it doesn't necessarily have to be running back following you know Kendrick Green or the running back following Patrick Ricard because um, you don't need a whole lot of yardage down there you just give nausea a crease or even Jalen Warren who I really like the way he hits uh, the ball up in there uh, very aggressive runner tough to bring down um, so again uh, I was I was very happy and pleased and entertained uh, by the goal line drill with what the offense did. And they made it very difficult in terms of the formations, what they did out of them, the combination of running and, and safe passing. And they made it very difficult for the defense to stop them. And as you can see, uh, that didn't happen very often. 
And you kind of saw that usage of Jumbo in the third and one drill as well. You saw Kendrick Green line up in the backfield and take a handoff, powered it right up the middle for a first down. Even saw Zach Gentry line up in like maybe a little bit of a wildcat formation, receiving a direct snap from the center. Yeah, um, that was a little weird, but um, <laughs> to say you know, least. but you know, again, it's um, you know, and that didn't work. Um, but uh, because Landon Roberts was there and made a nice play. Yeah, I saw, speaking uh, so, of him, not to get a sidetrack, I saw something where he said he's not going to apologize for his physical play at camp. It's how he plays. It gets everybody better. Have you noticed him, Landon Roberts, being an extra physical presence out there? Well, I mean, that yes. I don't know about extra physical, but, I mean, that's that's his game. Yeah. You know, if, if you know, for, for fans who have not yet been to camp or, you know, just are wondering – you know how we're describing a Landon, a Landon Roberts, what he replaced like. Think Vince Williams. That's Perfect. that's a good uh, player comparison in my mind to this point. Um, you know, it, uh, there was one uh, regular season when the Steelers were not very good stopping the run, and I remember Mike Tomlin saying that you know they needed to get some guys who, when they made contact. Uh, they push the pile backwards. That's Landon Roberts um, in the, in a nutshell. Um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make every play. I mean, no one does. But when he hits you, there isn't a whole lot of wiggling <laughs> forward. It, it's just not. Um, he's a guy who, uh, I don't know, like, once he gets his hands on you, you know, maybe it's like a, you know, when you're surfing in the ocean, once the shark gets his mouth around you, yeah. you know, that's pretty much it. Um, that's that's the way he plays uh, football. Well, Coach Tomlin, as he always does, stopped by and chatted with the media following yesterday's practice. Let's take a listen to what Coach had to say. Man, um, awesome day today. Um, the thing I was looking for, I didn't want to warm up to our work week. Uh, we got to be a group that works going into off days and works coming out of off days. We don't need to waste time. Uh, we don't need to have the corporate Monday morning or the corporate Friday afternoon, if you will, in terms of our progress. Um, and, and so I like what I saw in that regard. I thought they brought energy and enthusiasm and urgency to this work today. They didn't warm up to it. Um, it helps because of the things that we were focused on today. It was a physical day today, um, short yardage and goal line, really good, stiff competition. We'll take a look at the tape tonight uh, and teach. but. Uh, it was important that we hit some of those things before we get into a stadium this weekend uh, so that they're duly prepared and have that experience under the belt. It's also a great platform for guys to to show capabilities, and we're interested in seeing guys do do a variety of things and, and provide versatility. Uh, you saw Kendrick Green uh, moving around a little bit. You saw uh, Connor Haywood moving around a little bit. You saw Leal on defense uh, being a guy, a bigger guy that moves around some, louder milk and some others. Um, just adds value to their cause and ours when they're capable of, of absorbing assignments, particularly as it pertains to situational ball. And so like some of the things we saw, um, and, and we'll just continue on from there. I'll pause and open up for questions. I think you saw Joey Porter come up and make a tackle there and run support. How is that part of his game evolving and not be a factor for him as a, as a young guy? It's one of the reasons why we did it today. We need to know more about him and others. Um, not only what they're capable of, but teaching. Um, and so um, we got a lot of ball in front of us. He'll have an opportunity to show his consistent capabilities in that area. I won't draw conclusion on, conclusions on one day's work. 
Anyone else? What do you feel like you need to see on Friday out of these rookies for their first NFL action? You know, um, we're not even there yet, to be honest with you. Um, we're focused Steelers versus Steelers today. We'll do similar things tomorrow. We'll turn our attention toward Friday, probably tomorrow night after we come off the field. Um, you got to have a very narrow focus this time of year. You don't want to waste days and miss opportunities to improve. And so we got a million miles between now and Friday uh, from my perspective in terms of our development right now. And so, um, you know, I'll be better positioned to answer that, you know, Wednesday after practice or, or on Thursday. Here's the four tight ends and on, the, on the goal line and, and short order situations. Is that something when you make a roster, you do it by the personnel you have? You might keep extra tight ends and you have a, a good room and a certain position that you might keep other years? We got flexibility because of the because of uh, linemen capable of reporting as eligible. The things that we're interested in doing, uh, we're not going to make roster decisions based on the number of tight ends you see in one goal line sequence, for example. Um, but we do want to get to know what they're capable of. Mike, when you ask a guy like Kenyon uh, Green and, and then all others to add the versatility there, how do you feel they're handling this, you know, adding uh, that extra layer? To uh, specifically him so far so good. Um, and, and Connor is probably less of a discussion because that is in his background. He was an H-back at, at Michigan State. He was a running back at Michigan State. And so usually some of them have it in their background in some form or fashion. It's not a completely new exposure when they get to this level and we're asking them to do some things. You did a pretty good day for the offense in those team drills after a pretty good day for the defense. Is that, you happy with some back and forth there? You know, I win on all of these days, to be quite honest with you. I don't care who wins. Um, it's a platform for teaching and learning. Um, and, and that's just my mindset um, at this stage of the game. There goes Coach Tomlin, of course, pouring water on our fire labs. Don't read too much into all the tight ends out there on goal line. Why does he always have to ruin our fun like that? Well, I mean, um, he for a while there, right after the Kendrick Green stuff started, he was throwing water on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, right. you know, as the days have gone on, if anything, uh, the usage of him has increased. So uh, I still don't think that it's necessarily – you know, a done deal and that he's finished looking at it or that Kendrick Green has sewn up a roster spot or anything like that. But I do believe that um, what Kendrick Green is showing is making him somewhat unique on this roster right now. And, you know, Mike Tomlin says it's um, it helps his cause and ours and talking about a lot of different things. So I think Kendrick Green is, is squarely uh, in the spotlight uh, in that sense, uh, the things that he is showing are really helping his cause. And I also think, you know, based on what we've seen, uh, helping the Steelers in some of the areas in which, you know, they may have needed help or may need help. So, um, yeah, it's uh, th he'll throw some water on it. But uh, I think the really uh, telling thing is going to be how much how much we see of it, maybe starting on Friday night and then you know, moving forward after that, because once you get into the preseason with a Mike Tomlin team, what starts happening is guys either ascend or descend on depth chart based on how they do in some of these games uh, um, against the competition that they face. You know, um, third team guys are considered junior varsity, kind of, you know, that as to use a term and uh, Mike Tomlin always says, I use that term because these guys understand that. 
football players understand that. They understand it because they experienced it in high school. They experienced it in college. They know what junior varsity means. They know what varsity means. And so if you do, if you're on the junior varsity and you do well, you get to move up. If you're on the varsity and you don't do so well, you get moved down. And then that's how um, you start framing the levels of the 90-man roster. And then when it comes cut down day, it makes it a lot easier. Well, the offense threw some water on the red-hot defense when it came to seven shots yesterday in a decisive fashion. We'll get into that. We'll talk about the flat and now tackle drill that was utilized during practice yesterday and hear from Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick. It's all on the way next on the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the... Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. The Steelers offense acted a lot like a little brother that had been bullied by their bigger brother during seven shots the previous practices and finally had enough of it. Finally had their growth spurt and finally put their big brother in their place labs. Not only did they get the win in seven shots yesterday, but it was in dominant fashion. A six to one victory, controlling it from the start. Yeah, it was... um... You know, I, I, I de- it's definitely not been six to one in favor of the offense at any point uh, this camp, uh, and um, you know we've talked about this in previous on previous shows. You know what it used to be when Mike Tomlin first introduced the drill. The offensive personnel, I remember this was Ben was the quarterback, and then you had Le'Veon, Heath Miller, Antonio Brown. Um, who am I forgetting now? Heath Lady Miller, Le'Veon Bell. Brown. I mean, those three right there are pretty good formula for success. Yeah, um, and then like Marcus Wheaton, and then uh, maybe Martavis Bryant. You know, at, oh, some, at some points. Point, I mean, it was sure. just it was it was absurd. I mean, you know, Ben would stand back there, um, and you know, you can't hit the quarterback, and he would just make a quick decision, and um, you know, if somebody wasn't open right away. Heath Miller was always open or, <laughs> right. you know, uh, someone who would, who could make a great catch. And to me, I just thought, well, why are they doing this drill? This is, I mean, this is no fair. This is, you know, it's stealing. Yeah, like who's getting better was, here? Right. Uh, and then the, because it was also that season that followed, you know, the Steelers tried a lot of two point conversions and, you know, a lot of them were successful. Right. So, so, um, but then, you know, as it evolved and, you know, some of those players, uh, the, the receiver, you know, the eligibles, um, 
left or, you know, whatever, lost their minds, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff was going on. And uh, then, you know, Ben got older and, you know, then with, you know, Kenny Pickett, when you have a new quarterback or Mitch Trubisky even, who wasn't necessarily, you know, a rookie, but he was new to the Steelers, it, it wasn't the same as Ben in his prime just, you know, picking apart a defense. But yesterday, uh, it was, I won't say it was, you know, uh, Ben and uh, Le'Veon and A.B. and Heath Miller-esque, but uh, there were a lot of different things done. And again, uh, just like we were talking about in goal line, it was versatile. Um, and the, the offense didn't, you know, make unforced errors. You know what I mean? Uh, because that, that was one of the things that I was moaning about the most yeah. about. We've been seeing that in a couple practices, unforced errors. Right. Yeah. You know, passes into the ground, whether it's the quarterback's fault or the receiver wasn't where he was supposed to be or, you know, whatever, uh, or not um, maintaining the catch, controlling the catch through the ground, as the officials like to say. You know, just a lot of those kinds of things that um, you just can't have or shouldn't have, certainly not as consistently as it seemed that we were seeing them. So, uh, yeah, there was none of that yesterday. And, uh, and, and again, I like this, too. Um, the Steelers are, are not being afraid to be physical and just run the ball down there. Uh, you know, the, the first play, right. give the ball to Najee Harris, follows Connor Hayward over the left side of the line of scrimmage into the end zone touchdown. Um, you know, I've said this before. I do believe that one of the components of a uh, efficient red zone offense is you have to be able to run the ball down there and you have to be able to make the defense respect the fact that you can run the ball and that you're going to run the ball down there and because you make them you want to make them defend that. Uh, you can't be just a uh, as Chuck Noll always said a will of the wisp team where you know you're trying to trick people to, uh, or or you know throw the ball. So anyway, first play Najee Harris powers into the end zone. Uh, the next play, uh, again, this was a quick pass, a quick decision from Kenny Pickett uh, to Pat Fryermuth, who made the catch in the end zone, <clears throat> excuse me, 2 nothing. Um, <clears throat> Pickett's next pass, again, was another quick attempt, but this one to George Pickens was incomplete. Uh, Patrick Peterson was in close coverage. And, you know, that's one of those iron sharp, sharpens iron kind of situation. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but then Pickett goes right back to the well, uh, right back to Pickens, quick throw to the sideline, um, and it was short of the goal line, you know, but Pickett, um, or excuse me, Pickens may, maybe made one or two steps, dove across uh, inside the pylon across the end zone, touchdown, now it's three to one. Now we've seen this in these drills uh, recently uh, in the past. Uh, the offense will take a lead, and then they blow it. But um, that didn't happen yesterday. Mitch Trubisky came on, threw a quick touchdown pass to tight end Rodney Williams. So the drills clinched 4-1. to one. Um, But this time, instead of being satisfied with 4-1, to one, I mean, the offense just kept right on going. Uh, next was a Trubisky jump ball pass kind of to Darnell Washington. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and then another pass to Miles Boykin in the end zone, another touchdown, six to one. And let me just throw this out there, since we've been talking about tight ends and all the usages of them, et cetera. Rodney Williams, 
I don't know that he has a chance to make this team based on, you know, what we're talking about in terms yeah. of the depth chart a lot of guys at the in front tight of him, end yeah. spot. A lot of guys in front of him, a lot of pedigree guys in front of him. But I think Rodney Williams, um, it, and I don't want to, you know, jinx him or, you know, label him or whatever, but I think he'd be a great practice squad guy uh, because if something would happen to one of your tight ends where you needed to call someone up, uh, this guy is, I think, he has shown enough in, in different phases of the position where he could be a competent, you know, just insert him into the program for whatever uh, whatever length of time you might need him. Uh, and I think he can, you know, carry his weight. That's so, a really good just point, Labs, the- because, you know, a lot of people see those four tight ends on the depth chart in front of them and say, oh, you have enough tight end depth. What do you need another tight end for? But when you're going to use all four of those tight ends, potentially, you do need that fifth man. Yeah, and, you know, especially, um, uh, you know, it depends on how, when you're building your depth chart, where do you put Connor Hayward? You put him in the backfield, okay, so then that makes him your fourth back, or do you put him as a tight end and it makes him your fourth tight end? It doesn't really matter what you label him because he's going to play, you know, a lot of different positions and use a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, maybe there's only three tight ends on the depth chart if you're you, um, if you're looking at Connor Hayward as a fullback because he can do that and you can give him the ball, you know, as a straight handoff and he can run. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, like a, a gadget play or, a, you know, quick hitting crosser play or, you know, in motion and give him the ball, you know, those kinds of things. You can just – he can just get a three-point stance in the backfield. You can turn around and hand him the ball, and if it's blocked properly, he'll gain yards. So, um, you know, again, I think it's – there's a lot of um, position flexibility is one way to describe it, or roster flexibility is another way to describe it in terms of how you want, uh, how you want to end up making up your 53-man roster. Well, speaking of gaining yards, you know, a lot of people are looking for that yak out of the receivers, out of the running backs this year, yards after catch. And the flatten out tackle drill that we saw yesterday is really designed to help test the ability of their uh, of running backs, of receivers to create yardage with the ball in the open field, have those receivers kind of become running backs. But also you got linebackers and defensive backs in this drill that are charged with coming up and making tackle in the open field. It's not backs on backers, but in a way, it's similar where Tomlin can orchestrate one-on-one matchups to his liking. Yeah, and um, that's you know it's been kind of called that or nicknamed that by some guys in the media. You know, little guy backs on backers, um, and it it it's entertaining. I mean, it was, and I was really lucky because that where they chose to do the drill, you know, all the different fields and all the areas of the different fields, it was done right in front of me. It was perfect. And, well, they did that um, on purpose, obviously, Labs. I mean, they always want to make sure well, you're front and center. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because, you know, my convenience is, of you course. know, one of the primary considerations. <laughs> thanks for thanks for uh, playing along with that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it was – I really enjoyed it, and I think that – and it was done right in front of the stands at Chuck Noll Field, too, so all the fans who were there, it was, it was just – it was great theater. And, um, you know, we saw some things, uh, you know, give and take. You know, we heard Mike Tomlin talking about Joey Porter in terms of, you know, coming up and making tackles. Now, what we had seen from Joey Porter uh, re- recently was a lot of good defensive plays in coverage – tight coverage, breaking up passes, excuse me, a couple of interceptions, 
And uh, but there's another part of cornerback play, and that's coming up and making making tackles. And uh, you know, it, when you make when you have to come up as a cornerback and make tackles uh, in an eleven on eleven situation, a lot of times there's help for you. But in this drill, there's not. You are out there by yeah. yourself. And Joey Porter had a tough time of it. Um, you know, he whiffed a couple of times. Um, you know, guys got away from him. Um, you know, they want, I think they call it the stinky leg or something where you kind of, <laughs> and he dies for your leg. You know what I mean? And he got, um, that move was utilized uh, on him. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that he's going to have to do better. And as Mike Tomlin said, you want to see what they're capable of, but it's also a teaching thing. And I think that, you know, the next times we see Joey Porter in those situations, I think he'll be better at it because he just, that's the kind of player he is. Uh, he wants to be good in all different facets of the, the position and the sport. And so, you know, there hadn't been a lot of opportunities for him to do that. Um, I'm not familiar enough with his college career at Penn State to know, uh, you know, if there were a lot of opportunities in that defense for him to do that or if opponents uh, ever tried to uh, attack him or exploit him in that way. So, you know, I really don't know what his background is, uh, but in, you know, his first baptism in that area uh, at the NFL level, you know, wasn't, it was below the line. And um, I don't think it's going to be below the line for a long time, but it was below the line yesterday. And so, um, you know, because Joey Porter had some uh, tough reps uh, in that drill, you know, and some of the guys who were um, defeating him, you know, were not exactly uh, superstars. I mean, you know, Des Fitzpatrick uh, got him a couple of times, um, you know, and I don't think that Des Fitzpatrick, all due respect to him, is going to make this team. Right. Um, so, you know, there were some um, need-to-get-better kind of things. Uh, and there was even a couple of instances, you know, other guys who um, are going to make the team who maybe even play, be playing significant roles on defense. Quan Alexander is an example. Um, you know, uh, Anthony McFarland blew by him uh, in the open field. And, you know, as we're looking at this Steelers uh, team and, you know, potential uh, things within the roster, um, you know, inside linebacker to me is, is a, I won't say an area of concern, I think, but it's, it's something that, you know, you have to watch. And there are guys who are good at certain things and guys who are good at other things. Um, but, you know, do the Steelers have enough of the players at that position where they can just leave them on the field and then deal with whatever the offense decides to do once the huddle breaks? Because that's what you need. That's the kind of players at that position you have to have. Because offenses not only will try and manipulate you with personnel groupings that they send out onto the field, but a lot of times they will manipulate you with formations with of, of the people who have not left the field. Um, and um, you know, I, I still remember the game against the Chargers, where uh, Robert Spillane ended up trying to guard Keenan Allen in some third <laughs> yeah. third down plays. That went I mean, really well. And well, you, you it, right, you, but um, the Chargers exploited. They didn't change the personnel, 
but they use the formation where your guy's end, ends up on his guy. And what are you going to do about it? I mean, you can't you can't call a timeout and change um, personnel because then they'll just do I'll something do else. else. Yep. Yeah, that's you know, and I don't know if people don't understand that or or don't want to accept it or what. But I mean, there are you know, offenses are so multiple now, and 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 it's you know, the passing part of the game is it's liberalized and you know, the way it's legislated. I mean, you can't put hands on receivers beyond the five yards of the line of scrimmage and, you know, all those kinds of rules that make it difficult to stop teams passing games. And, you know, you've got a guy like Justin Herbert or, you know, some of these other quarterbacks who, um, you know, this is, this is stealing for them. You know, it's pitch and catch. And uh, so, you know, there, there are those kinds of things, you know, at work too. And, and if, if, um, you do give up a, a, a reception as an inside linebacker. Do you get the guy on the ground right away too? Uh, Mark Robinson uh, had had some good and some bad in this drill. Uh, there were some some guys he stoned after they caught the ball. He came up, boom, either hit them down or locked onto them and you know didn't let go and dragged them down. Other times he got beat, and so you know it's a it's a work in progress thing. Guys need practice at it. And uh, you know when when fans will watch a game, don't they ever uh, don't they ever practice tackling? Well, the answer is yes, <laughs> they right do. Now. It's happening right now, and it happens fairly regularly out here. But guys are going to get beat. You know, I mean that's because the other guys are pretty good, and uh, so you work on things like this. And in, in addition to helping improve your own players. You entertain the fans because, as we all know, that's the number, number one, one goal. Of course, of course. Well, Absolutely. labs first, then the fans second. That's the that's the okay. Right there. Yes, I'll because be- then we need that. So me and you have something to talk about the next. Of course, morning. of course. See, it all works together like that. It's one big happy flow chart of making sure that our lives are as easy as possible when we wake up at eight. <laughs> Absolutely. In the Mika yep. Fitzpatrick's one guy you don't have to worry about in the open field when it comes to tackling. He recently returned to practice, and after practice yesterday, he caught up with Missy Matthews and Craig Wolfley. Let's hear a little bit from the Steelers All-Pro Safety. Mika, we're glad to see you back with the team. I know today you did some team drills as well, so just take us through what you were able to do today. Yeah, I did just about every team drill except for uh, except for goal line and uh, the short yardage. Uh, coaches wanted to see some of the younger guys go in there and uh, see what they could do in a, in a, in a high-pressure situation. He said he's seen me do it before, and um, you know, I'll, get, I'll get some more reps later on in camp, but right now he wants to see some of the younger guys uh, out there. Mick, is there anything better than getting to the certain age and all of a sudden the coach says, yeah, I want to see the younger guys, so let the young guys do it. And you got somebody like Kendrick Green running an ISO. You go, yeah, get a stunt safety in there. Get somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. nah, man. I, I love I love the competition. I'm still at the sure. age where I could go all day, but, you know, it's more about coach uh, knowing what I can, can do and, and, and learning what everybody else could do. So, you know, I always want to be out there competing, but, you know, Coach T has the final say. Former Steelers uh, Ryan Clark is here today, and I, I saw you guys chatting it up a little bit during practice. How do you lean on a guy like that, and what were you guys uh, talking about, if you can share with us? Yeah, RC is always he's, – he's an open book, man. I love when he's around because he's, he's giving uh, – he's giving just advice just off the whim, and, you know, any question that I ask him, he gives a detailed 
uh, thorough answer. And uh, he's done this before. You know what I'm saying? He's in a, in a very similar situation uh, that I was in when when uh, when he was 26. So, um, you know, he has a lot of wisdom, a lot of a lot of knowledge. Uh, and like I said, he's done it before. So I'm gonna ask as many questions as possible. And I am appreciative of the time that he takes to to come here. Mika, you got the view from the back end, and how do you look at this secondary as it's now developing? What's your view, and how is the communication aspect going with some new members there? Yeah, it's still in development, man. I mean, I wasn't here for a whole week, uh, so I wasn't able to, you know, get the reps with the guys that I normally work with, and then KZ and Keanu are both down. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to working with them a bunch, but uh, it's a next man up mentality, and Kenny's been doing a great job. Uh, you know, stepping up and, and making big plays and making big tackles and hits. So uh, we're just, uh, it's a work in progress. We're still working. Um, but, you know, one of the main things we are working on is the communication aspect of our game and just making sure we're on the same page. What has it been like having Patrick Peterson on the team and getting a chance to be in meetings with him, working with him on the field and just seeing the knowledge that he's sharing with you and a lot of the younger guys as well? Yeah, uh, Pat's, a, Pat's a great guy. Um, I've known him for a while now. Uh, we have the same agent. I worked out with him my rookie year. Uh, he opened up his door to me when he was living in Arizona, and uh, I trained with him for like a week. Uh, so, you know, just that says a whole lot about his character, uh, that he was willing to open up his door to a rookie that he doesn't know uh, and uh, just take, him up on, take me up under his wing. Uh, and that's kind of what he's been doing this whole time, taking younger guys, uh, showing them the ropes uh, on and off the field. You know, there's guys, I, I've seen guys ask some questions about, about marriage, about relationships, about kids, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he's done it for a while, and, and having a guy like that on the team uh, is definitely a blessing for sure. Steelers All-Pro Safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, following practice yesterday. There is an actual game being played this week for your Pittsburgh Steelers against Tampa Bay on Friday. Labs and I will discuss a little bit of that when we come back and clue you in on when Tomlin's going to be speaking early this afternoon. That's all on the way next on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Tomlin speaks to the media every day that there's practice up at St. Vincent Labs, but today's press conference, which is scheduled for 11.35 a.m., by the way, it'll be a little bit different, right? It'll be kind of more like an in-season press conference setting, previewing a game ahead. Yeah, it's going to be like an in-season Tuesday. You know, that's when Mike Tomlin uh, traditionally meets the media during the, the regular season. So, yeah, and I, I would anticipate, you know, he's going to get asked what you're playing for the quarterbacks. If that's not the first question, <laughs> it's going to be the second one. Um, they might ask it before he even gives his opening monologue. They might not even let him get nah, the first word out. No, nah, he doesn't. No, nah, he, he doesn't usually allow that to happen. I mean, the, <laughs> he'll take Mike Tomlin when he walks into the room, um, you know, he's, he's in charge. Um, so, He'll give his little uh, opening, then he'll throw it open to question. He may answer that question without point, yeah. being asked, but um, it's going to get asked. And and I personally, I really believe that Kenny Pickett is going to play some. Um, not a lot necessarily, but, I mean, this guy has 12 career NFL starts. He's not Ben Roethlisberger in the, you know, in the latter stages of his career. This isn't someone who, you know, Ben wouldn't play the first preseason game. He wouldn't play the last preseason game. Um, and now there's only three. Okay. So it's a little more sense uh, of urgency, maybe. 
Yeah, and you know, not only does Kenny Pickett need the work, I believe, but his teammates need to work with him. You know, so much of you know quarterback playing quarterback is collaborative, um, not only with the receivers, but in terms of the other people in the huddle, um, just understanding uh, even the offensive lineman, or, or to just expand it a little bit, the pass protection needs to have a feel for him where he's going to go. Um, you know, where he is comfortable, how he is comfortable, those kinds of things. And again, you don't want to use him too much, and I'm not suggesting that, but I do think that, you know, some uh, live reps are important, not only for him and his own development, but for the offense and its development. And so, yeah, I expect to see Kenny Pickett a little bit against Tampa, and quite frankly, I would be surprised uh, slash shocked if we didn't see him. Well, if you see Kenny Pickett, that means you're going to see all pretty much of the first-team offense. I think you have to. Those two go hand-in-hand. Hand. You don't want Kenny out there with the second team for any reason unless there is an injury or someone that you're being extra precautious with. Um, but what about on that defensive side of the ball? If I were a betting man, that might be where you see some of the veterans take a day off when the Tampa Bay game comes around. Not saying that they'll take the entire preseason off, but number 90, number 97, we heard number 39, Minka Fitzpatrick, in the last segment say, Coach knows what I can do. He needs to see some from some other players. That defense is a little bit ahead of the offense. It's no secret. Maybe you see some of the guys off on that side of the ball. Yeah, and, you know, as Mike Tomlin also often, you know, has jokingly referred to his decision to rest, you know, some of the elder statesmen. He says, yeah, uh, he didn't practice today. He had a contusion of the birth certificate. Um so, yeah, uh, Cam Hayward, uh, I think, would be a prime candidate to be a spectator in Tampa. Uh, T.J. Watt as well. Um, but just Minka Fitzpatrick only because, you know, um, his absence from camp for personal reasons has kind of put him behind a little bit uh, in terms of the on-field, uh, I don't know how you want to describe it, acclimation or whatever. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he was given uh, the night off as well. But everybody else, uh, I, I think you're going to see a little bit. Um, maybe Larry Ogunjobi, only because, you know, he's coming off a, a season last year where he was hardly ever able to practice um, because of what has been uh, reported as a Liz Frank injury to his foot. But he looks good now. Right. I mean, uh, he looks healthy. He looks... Um, you know, lean and mean and, you know, all of those things you want your defensive linemen to be. So, uh, and, and a lot of those other guys, I think you need to see them. I mean, even Alex Highsmith, I know he signed a big contract, but, um, you know, he's still a, a, a younger player. And uh, so, yeah, I, the, those guys that I mentioned, um, you know, maybe there is some uh, with uh, the kickers, maybe Boswell doesn't kick. Um Maybe, you know, but I mean, kickers are right. um, hardly uh, physically stressed. Um, so, you know, I, I would expect pretty much everybody to play except anyone who's injured. You know, DeMonte uh, Casey, I don't know what his uh, strict situation is going to be. Um, maybe Trey Norwood with that lower uh, leg injury that had to be evaluated. But outside of that, guys are, you know, the this is time. I mean, uh, it's, you need, you need some reps. You need some live reps against, um, as, um, Craig Wolfley says, you know, the other color laundry. <laughs> 
Well, the Steelers will get those reps against other colored laundry on Friday night when they head down to Tampa. Tomlin speaks to the media again at 11.35 a.m. Just want you to, to remind you of that so you don't miss it. It'll be carried, I'm sure, here on SNR. You can look at it online as well. Steelers' YouTube page, Steelers.com. Uh, it won't be hard to find Coach Tomlin's presser from today. Labs and I will be off tomorrow, off Friday, and off Saturday since the Steelers depart for Tampa Bay. So our next training camp report will be Sunday at 8 a.m. where we'll be recapping preseason game number one. Wolf and Starks take over next. We're going in the locker room on Steelers Nation Radio. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit MrsMyers.com today.